0: Today, President Trump announces a public-private partnership to develop a coronavirus vaccine. Hopefully by the end of the year, we'll get into that. Also, uh, the coronavirus has apparently created more socialists because everything is stupid. And Joe Biden continues to be more Joe Biden-y. We've got a lot coming up this Friday, and it starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I'm Sarah Gonzalez, today joined by Blaze TV contributor Josh Hammer, back in the studio, ready to go.
1: How could I spend my Friday in better fashion than Uh, this,
0: Sarah? I mean, I didn't want to say it, but thank you. That's exactly what I was thinking. Also, back in the studio, Tim Young. I stole merchandise from the hallway, (laughs) and I'm wearing it. He's wearing 11. It's true. It's a true story. Well, I mean, you didn't... I guess you did kind of steal it. Uh, Also, (laughs) Blaze TV contributor Eric July back in the house. Thanks for being here. Of course. And also for representing the Cowboys. Uh, That's why I keep asking you to come back. Really? No, I'm kidding. Uh, All right, let's get into the hot topics of the day. President Trump today announced a new public private partnership to develop a vaccine for the coronavirus. They are calling it Operation Warp Speed, which personally, I don't really want to hear when I'm thinking about things that we're injecting into people. I'm not sure that like I want you guys to be going that quickly because I feel like maybe mistakes can happen. But maybe that's just me. Uh, Here is what President Trump had to say about Operation Warp Speed getting a vaccine ready. Hopefully by the end of the year, he says, listen,
2: while we accelerate the final phases of vaccine trials, Operation Warp Speed will be simultaneously accelerating its manufacturing and manufacturing process in other words we're getting ready so that when we get the good word that we have the vaccine we have the formula we have what we need we're ready to go as opposed to taking years to gear up we're gearing up it's risky it's expensive but we'll be saving massive amounts of time we'll be saving years if we do this properly, and that's what we're doing. So we're gearing up on the assumption that we'll have in the near future, relatively near future, a vaccine.
0: Now, I personally, I, obviously, I'm here to get your opinion, not so much my opinion. I'm already a skeptic when it comes to pharmaceutical companies and their incestuous relationship with uh, the federal government. Um, I, I don't love hearing it's risky. <laughs> We're going to do it. We're going to speed it up to get it to you, uh, especially about a virus that really doesn't affect uh, most of the, what, 98, 99 percent of the population. Um, But I'm open ears to hear what you guys have to say about it. Josh.
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe I'm. A little naive on this one. Um, I, I'm less cynical, honestly. Really, um, I hear Operation Warp Speed. That's, that sounds kind of cool to me. I mean, I hear it kind of sounds like Space Force. I mean, it's, it's it <laughs> where it needs to be. Yeah. I, How
3: are we going to get to another galaxy <laughs> if Warp Speed's dealing with vaccines and yeah, not Space exactly.
1: Force? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but all kidding aside, I mean, look. Uh, obviously, there's. Uh, rampant risk here for cronyism the incestuous relationships that you're flagging that is a real legitimate problem to have
0: because i mean but because if they're so focused on getting it out quickly and not the safety and we've scared everyone enough that everyone i know not everyone's going to take the vaccine but i'm we're, we're conditioning people to think you have to have the vaccine to go back out into society right there's a lot of risk there
1: right so the conditioning, though, is where I would say the problem is, yeah. um, because if you're like in dire straits, if you're on an intubator in a, in, in a hospital, you know, if you're kind of like on death's door, um, you're going to want to try some vaccination, right? It right? kind, of, kind of gets back to the moral arguments for right to try legislation in the first place. So I would then target what you mentioned there about like this preaching from Fauci and Burks and people like them as to like not opening society until the va- until the vaccination. I think that's more the problem than something like this. But. More generally, there are, you know, you know we're all kind of smaller, limited government people around this mm-hmm. table, but there are historical examples of successful private-public partnerships. NASA, the Internet. I mean, the, the, the Internet came about from private-public partnerships. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, NASA kind of uh, during the Cold War, during the space race, kind of got as big as it got through private-public partnerships as well. Um, uh we obviously relied on some uh we actually brought up some Nazi scientists. Operation Paperclip was the name of the clandestine operation by which you brought over some ex Nazi scientists to help get that. Neither here nor there. But um there are some successful examples of this. So I don't know, I, maybe I'm naive on this one. I'm open to be proven wrong, but I'm less cynical than perhaps some other people.
0: Well I appreciate your optimism. The reasons
3: so. vaccines usually take years is because there's clinical trials and you see what long-term effects are.
0: Uh in this instance. Well, even that, not even that long term, right? Yeah. You're talking a couple years, maybe four years. That's still leaving room for other things to happen down the road that we're not seeing.
3: But yeah, I don't know what it is about being on your show that has changed me into a weirdo. Uh, yesterday, I was agreeing with conspiracy theorists and saying that they were right the entire time. Now I'm an anti-vaxxer. You're not sticking me with something you just came up with in like 10 months with a private partnership, mm-hmm. especially if Bill Gates is involved. I mean, I hate to say it. I'm losing my mind because <laughs> I'm not this person. And now, like all of this, the stay at home orders, everything, the quarantines. I was like, there'll never be quarantines. That'll never come to America. What is going on? Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm just mentally. I've, I've shifted. I'm a whole no, whole new world here. Uh, I'm sorry. It was all about me there. Um, no, <laughs> no operation warp speed again, unless it's space force. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Eric. Well, I'm not a fan of public anything really. Um, and really? obviously, when it gets into yeah, yeah, obviously, I hate the roads. <laughs> you, I was gonna say, how everybody you about knows the roads? that I hate roads. So, <laughs> but yes, yeah, so like I, I'm not. A, I've never been a fan of that. Obviously, it is subject to the cronyism that you that you have mentioned. That's a legitimate. Um, real thing. And you you hit it right on the head with speeding something up like this. Mm -hmm. Um, I like to think that there is maybe an efficient way to come up with things like that. But this isn't sort of this full on market that's coming up with this. This is more of a government incentivizing um, private actors to do things. And I don't know if that's going to breed efficiency. Quite often it is not. And at least Trump was forward in saying that it was going to be expensive, Um, Because quite often they act like it's not or they don't even mention that portion of it. But, yes, of course, it's going to be expensive. And who knows? They may pump all of this money into something that we may never need. uh, Pump all this money into something that may not work. And, of course we have to be the ones that that's going to pay for it so I've always had an issue with it more so because it does breed that sort of corruption when you have these I don't even like to say public private public let's just call it public because when I think private and I think privatization I think that we're talking about complete market actors um, not the government in a way or not the government subsidizing or setting the rules as far as what must be followed in order to uh, put this out there so I'm not a fan of it and definitely like you said injecting something in in your body and speeding something like that up and prioritizing that i get the whole efficiency thing mm-hmm. but like i said and i've said on this show plenty of times i'm not going to be the one lining up because i don't want like some arm to grow out of my neck for <laughs> four years uh, from now because they didn't test this properly
0: yeah well and i think that that will be key to see where they go on uh mandating it right because i've heard some people say well my state has floated the idea of mandating it for school For children. And you look at the the risk of children in, you know, even developing coronavirus symptoms, and it's it's lower than, you know, an adult. So then you think about, okay, well, why would we mandate a vaccine for our children to go into school if they're not even the ones who are affected by it? So I think maybe... Will that make you a little bit cynical, Yeah, So that's Josh? where the
1: issue is. Okay. That is that right there, what you just that's hitting the you know, nail on the head, so yeah. to speak. That that is where I would draw a huge line. Okay. Um, mandate vaccination of something that's been rushed, um, right. with perhaps perverse cronyist incentives along the way for children of all people, that is a that is a different in kind, not different in degree difference than what we are we just talking about. Um, I really just don't have a huge issue, frankly, with kind of public-private partnerships to kind of rush a vaccination to the table for people who are dying. I, that just doesn't strike me as like a morally egregious thing. But mandating ch- vaccinating yeah. children, like for something that's been rushed, totally different animal.
0: So, but, but does it not see i'm trying I'm trying to bring you over to the cynical side. <laughs> Does it not would it not bother you though? I, I don't have a problem with the public private partnership in the sense that, okay, if you guys want to develop something and then people can decide whether or not they want to take it, that's fine. But it just feels a lot like. They're trying to develop something and instill fear in people so that they do feel like they've got no other choice but to get it. And that part kind of makes me feel gross, too. You know what I mean? Like, I I just I don't feel like the facts are really in front of the people. So they're going to think that they need to get it anyway. And then you're kind of at the same at the same end.
1: So that's definitely right. I guess my response to that would be, you know, as conservatives, shouldn't we have like enough faith in people to like be rational and kind of let
0: them figure that yeah, like out, taking yeah. all
1: the information and figure out for yourself whether or not this vaccination is something that you actually want to like inject into yourself.
0: It's true until you get into Facebook, YouTube, all of these places where you can find your information censoring, uh, you know, possibly vaccination criticism that wouldn't be in line with what the government who is involved in this partnership would be telling you.
3: I don't also, know. Also, you know what's kind of scary? Did you see Fauci standing behind Trump there? He looks evil with the mask on. I mean, he's not, I know he's not evil. Well, I've, you I've been really are
0: going full conspiracy <laughs> theorist. But
3: he just looks so like, I don't know. It's scary <laughs> back behind him. Scary statistics guy.
0: Yeah. Uh, oh, do we, oh, there he is. Okay. I don't know. I think it's just the shadows.
3: He looks like something from G.I. Joe back in the day. It's just the shadows.
0: Uh, All right. So the coronavirus apparently has created uh, more socialists in America because everyone is dumb, apparently, except for you guys. If you're watching the show, I know that you don't fit into that category. The Democratic Socialists of America have expanded its ranks by about 10,000 members just since March. Uh, due to the pandemic, they say. I mean, what else could it be? I don't know. But uh, they said that they've got 66,000 people nationwide and they have not had a surge like this since the last really dumb thing happened, which was Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez getting elected in 2018. Uh, and they think that the present moment seems ripe for socialist outrage. Eric, wha- how, how can you look at everything that's gone on and you can look at the ineptness of the government when it comes to the healthcare system. They had to rely on the private you know, market mm-hmm. to help them, Absolutely. bail them out. Absolutely. And then you say, no, this is the time for more government.
2: Well, I mean, this is what happens when you create this scenario where you basically are subsidizing people, not being not working, mm-hmm. right? So people, unfortunately, are under this this line of thinking that it can always be like that. Uh, government just creates money out of thin air, which is a- absolutely what they money printer. Go, brr, that, that's what they <laughs> that's what they do. They just print it out of thin air. So it, it, it unfortunately, people don't look at it rationally, and they don't say, "All right, well, who created the issue in the first place?" It unfortunately never gets gets to that point, but. To that, I would like to add that this is where I think a lot of conservatives on this very issue have sort of fallen short because they gave in to be it these lockdowns, uh, be it these, uh, you know, handing out all of this money. Because like I've said before, they don't really have much of a leg to stand on to combat that because they've already went down that they're going towards that more state socialistic um, line of thinking. So they're giving them a, to a more incentive to continue to do that. And it's the most the time that they should have been the most principled would have been then. I mean, it's a difficult time, but that's the time you push back and you say, no, 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 we're we're not going to do that. But instead, what they did, like our, even governor out here, uh, the sort of. State fascistic sort of imposing people basically imprisoning people in their houses yeah. is what they've done for the last couple of months And this is sort of what you what you breed and they don't have anything to fall back on when they say well You did it last time. Why not? Why why can't we do it even more even more, uh, even, even more of it? So that should have been a time to push back so I don't know what to say about these guys. I mean, they seem to prove me right, really, because I think, I mean, I call them socialists all the time. But, I, you know, they seem to prove me right every single time. But that should have been the time they should have pushed back, and they didn't.
0: Yeah, Instead, they just it, gave And Tim, to, to Eric's point, you know, you look at, at, at what he's saying that now, now, before, would have been the time to fight back because now I feel like they, we've set the precedent. Yep. Every time there is yep. something new, there is some new fear the governors will know, well, all we have to do is instill a little bit of, bit of fear in these people, and they'll roll over and let us do exactly what we want. And
3: then turn, turn on their neighbors. Everybody's a Karen now. Oh, yeah. Right, but, uh, right. There, there are two factors that I think go into this. One, we should be excited about because I don't think any of these people will v- vote for Joe Biden at all uh, come the, yes. the general election. that that The Democratic Party has been at odds with each other for a while, and this is an example of this. Uh, the other thing, too, is I'm excited to see what the stati- statistics work out to. I can say that. Uh, of people who are, you know, like these baristas who are making $30,000 a year, and then when they went on unemployment were making more
0: money? Right. Significantly more money? Yeah. Of
3: course you'd sign up for socialism sure. at that point. What a great sure. deal.
1: The government's mm-hmm. given me more for sitting at home. I don't want to go back to work anymore.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. Josh?
1: So what's the famous Rahm Emanuel line about never let a good crisis go to waste? Yeah. I mean, that's obviously what's going on here, right? I mean, going back hundreds, perhaps thousands of years, people have oftentimes sought very easy, quick fixes to profound, deeper problems. And that's obviously what socialism has always purported to be, going back mm-hmm. to Marx and Engels and kind of rudimentary Marxist theory. They've yep. always kind of tried to offer a very quick fix solution. Uh Don't even bother looking at the fact that it has worked approximately zero times in the history of of socialist (laughs) theory. But nevertheless, people are continually duped about it. Um, A point that I would like to add, um, and I suspect I'll actually get some head shaking and not nodding around this table, frankly. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think the proper conservative response from a crisis like this is to kind of go back to the Rand Paul Mike Lee 2010 Tea Party, like individual liberty at all costs rhetoric. Um, you know, there's been a pretty substantial intellectual divide in conservatism for the past year. It's kind of been some of these more common good, solidarity-centric conservatives on one side and some kind of more individual liberty, mm-hmm. freedom, autonomizing on the other hand. I think if conservatives are going to, like, try to push back against socialism, the former is the better approach strategically. I, I also intellectually agree with it, but I think strategically yeah. that's a better thing to emphasize right now than the latter. But the Bigger discussion. Officer.
0: Well, and I, I see what you're saying, because I did get some pushback on something that I said uh, previously, which was Jesse Kelly. I was on my friend Jesse Kelly's show um, on the first and he was talking about, you know, why did so many conservatives go along with this? Um, I said they gave into the fear. A couple people pushed back and said, we're patriots. Right. We love the country. We want to do what's right for the country, and we're doing what we feel is right. So I understand that kind of mentality that, like, you love your country, you want to do what's right for your citizens, you want to do what's right for the country, you feel like you're doing the right thing, and I can totally, totally get on board with that. Um, It's difficult. It's
2: cool if it's voluntary. It's different. Right. I mean, it's that's the, but that's, right. that's to right. me is the argument to be made. Yeah. That's not what happened. Right. That's not what happened. Out of all of this, it was a completely involuntary, indiscriminate lockdown mm-hmm. that put 30 something plus million people out of work. And the conservatives were were part of it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I understand the argument that we we care about each other, but that's the time to sort of exercise those principles and live to that standard that we hold each other and that is that well we're we're individual actors and we can help each other without sort of holding guns to people's heads or threatening them with imprisonment. Or so tackling you- them in the subway in New York City. Yeah,
0: yeah. so you're saying the government should have given us the opportunity to show that we Absolutely. Do I, I mean, they,
2: like you said, they identity. had to rely on it any, any way it right. went. They, they still were reaching. I mean, you had all of these forms, different forms of sort of deregulation uh, you know, so they could get more help at, yeah. at the time. And I understand yeah. all of that, but that should have been a position uh, altogether. Instead of bending the knee, rather um, forcing everybody else to bend, bend there Knees in one way or another, and basically holding guns to their to their heads, putting people out of work, shutting down entire mm-hmm. industries. That's not that's not an answer. I do, but I understand you. I mean, I care about people too. Right. It's not. I know. Unfortunately, people. You just conflate. want everybody to die. Yeah, I know they think I want everybody to die, but that's not the case. Like, give people the option. You know what right. I mean, and give right. people that freedom to sort of make these sort of uh, knowledgeable decisions.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. We have got more coming up. We got to take a break, though. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Keeps. So, all right, don't be embarrassed. Okay, it's nothing to be embarrassed about, but if you are someone who uh, has that dreaded male pattern baldness gene that runs in your family... What? We... I I said I wasn't I was talking to the camera. I wasn't talking to anyone specific at the table. (laughs) (laughs) Keeps is the hair loss treatment you need to try. And it's perfect for those of you who are we're just talking about in this government mandated lockdown. It's perfect for those of you who are sitting on your couch because you can't go anywhere because keeps you can actually you can set up the whole thing. Right from your couch. You can be really lazy, and also uh, you don't have to lose your hair while doing so. Keeps offers the generic versions of the only two FDA-approved hair loss products. They save you a fortune, obviously, because they are generic. Uh, All you got to do is you go to the website, you answer a couple questions, you take a couple pictures of your hair. uh, A doctor evaluates and sends you and recommends the right hair loss treatment for you. They ship it directly to your door and uh, you save a fortune and you save your hair without leaving your couch. We got you half off to get you started. You can go to keeps.com slash Y W H Y. That is keeps.com slash Y keeps.com slash Y. All right, let's switch to uh, 2020 and Joe Biden. So I saw an interesting video come up on my uh, my Twitter feed last night. I honestly, um, I cried. I was laughing so hard. I, I don't know why. It, it just, it really tickled my funny bone. Uh, so we're going to go to Joe Biden, who was on MSNBC. And it was very clear that uh, Lawrence O'Donnell was playing um, pre-recorded questions for joe biden to answer i don't think joe biden understood that these were i don't think joe biden understood that these were pre-recorded and so he was trying to talk back and forth with uh the pre-recorded video of the guy asking the question i it just i don't understand how this guy gets to the debates watch
2: i want to open it up to our town hall component and get a question from a voter this first question mr vice president, is from a voter in california let's listen to this
1: okay
3: hi vice president biden my name is Naveed. I am from San Mateo,
2: California. <laughs> and thank you so much for allowing me to participate in this town hall with you. I'm
0: thank you. Thinking about- <laughs> so he kind of cut it off at the end. He says, thank you for being here. <laughs> Just I don't know why. The guy introduces himself and Joe Biden goes, hi. <laughs> hi. Um, this guy has no idea what's going on. He cannot get anything right. You, like, the most basic thing that he could do... Is take advantage of the gift that he was handed, which is everyone is forced to stay at home right now. All he has to do is stay at home, pre record everything until he gets it right, right yeah. put it out there, and not fall on his face looking like he has absolutely no idea how to even tie his shoes. Instead, you get Joe Biden just every single day, it feels like, going out, making these gaffes. At what point? Can you do you stop calling them gaffes? I feel.
1: Yeah. You know, Sarah, you mentioned our good friend Jesse Kelly on the previous segment. Jesse loves to tweet very often on something along the following lines. All the Democrats have to do is not be crazy and they can't do it. Yes. Right. So all Joe Biden has to do is not sound like a senile, dilapidated, <laughs> like like the totally insane 78 year old nut job. And he can't do it because, like, as you said, these are not gaffs. This is who he is. Mm-hmm. He's been the media has called Uncle Joe gaff prone for 30 years now. OK, mm-hmm. literally since he, his rise in national politics, kind of leading up to obviously his helping to nuke Bob Bork and Clarence Thomas, which were morally disgraceful acts on his part. But that's kind of neither here nor there for the present moment. But Joe Biden, imagine looking at that clip that we just saw and thinking to yourself, I'm going to pull the lever for that guy. I trust that man to be commander in chief of the greatest fighting force in the history of humankind. Like, what is the thought process that goes inside, like, between the two ears in someone's brain who makes that conscientious decision to pull the lever and have this man lead the country, if not the world? I don't get it. I really don't get it.
0: I mean, especially to add to Josh's point, which was very well stated, especially at a time where, you know, I don't know where we'll be with this whole coronavirus pandemic in November, but certainly it's going to take us a while to make up for this, you know, what, almost 14 percent unemployment rate. Uh, Joe Biden is the one that anyone trusts and goes, yeah, he's going to get us back where we need to be.
3: Uh, There are a couple things here. One, Democrats literally do everything they accuse Trump of. And this is not mentally fit to be in office. It's very obvious over and over and over again. And I never thought that the not mentally fit thing would come around and and bite them. But this one, it's a problem. And uh, as Trump has alluded to, people know what's going on here. And I hate to, again, conspiracy theory town. He had those aneurysms back in the 80s. This has probably taken a a, a toll on him. You can't have that happen to you and that not affect you down the road. And I actually am concerned for him. And it's really getting sad. Like, it's fun to laugh. And I'm the first person to laugh at anybody for anything, literally. Uh, But but this is really getting sad. It's going to be depressing. And he has not given a speech more than 15 minutes in front of a crowd for over a year. Mm. When he shows up to those debates... Cool boy. Senior abuse.
0: Yeah. I mean, Eric, you look at I think we we talked about this with uh, with Jason Buttrell Mm -hmm. off air, I believe, that Joe Biden, it was, I guess, a little over a year ago. It was right before he announced he did this speech Uh, It was, you know, a union uh, driven speech and maybe it was in Pennsylvania. I think it was in Pennsylvania. We thought he was going to announce then. It was a couple weeks before he announced. And Jason kept going on and on about how good the speech was. He was on top of it. He was on fire. He was, you know, I'm sure it was a prompter, but he was able to read it. Now you look at what a year later and he can't he cannot make a sentence like he just he can't he cannot formulate words to save his life it's amazing to see how quickly that's transpired
2: yeah he's uh he's nutty um that's (laughs) for lack of better terms but considering what we just spoke about in the last segment i think that's where the silver lining is joe biden yeah i mean I, i look at that as a positive um if you are like wanting the dnc to just blow up just considering that it's going to be very difficult for guys to get behind that, like you like you had mentioned. Mm-hmm. And he's a very he's kind of like he has that Hillary to him where Hillary is pretty divisive as well. And they did it again. So it, it, it kind of forces people to make these difficult decisions. Like, do I support him enough to, you know, be in opposition to to a to a Trump? Because if this carries on like it does and it looks like he is getting progressively worse, yeah. He's going to get destroyed in, in the debates. No matter how you feel about Trump, it's just he's going to it's gonna be yeah, it might not it may be sad actually, you know. Yeah. What I mean? We may look at it and be like, oh man, this might is, get physical. This is, this is cringy. Yeah. Joe's
3: anytime he Joe, threatening to get physical. Well no, that's the thing. <laughs> anytime Joe has come in contact with someone who doesn't agree with him, he's yeah. gotten physical. He's yeah. poked the person, he's pushed him, he's challenged him to push up contests.
2: I mean, this could be So yeah, he might like say, all right, he's 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 whooping me. I'm I'm going to whoop him with yeah. the hands is the, is, the, is the route that he may want to go because he's getting so mad. But no, for real. I look at that. Uh, this whole ordeal is, is a silver lining. right? Like all these yeah. lockdowns, all of this, you know, breeding these socialists and, and so forth. At least he's there and he's kind of that that nuke in the Democratic Party where it's creating a lot of sort of divisive. Mm -hmm. behavior among them and a lot of people just they won't support him they don't want to support him a lot of bernie supporters were like there's no way that i'm supporting supporting this guy i don't personally believe that but you know at least he's there and he's screwing things up like he is because at least there's some sort of turmoil uh, among them so they can't do a full like Take on.
3: Well, imagine being one of the suckers who supported one of those other candidates who helped rig Super Tuesday by dropping out of the race. Yeah. Like you gave any one of those candidates money that, you know, all those lucid candidates who could easily be elected. And, and 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 now that that you're watching this, you're like, wow! They picked the loser. They went all in on that loser. I gave that candidate 200 bucks. Now I don't
1: even have a job. Yeah. It's <laughs> all piles together. Yeah. This is, sorry, this is embarrassing. But Tim, you mentioned like the push-up thing for the past like three minutes. All I can think about is how many push-ups can Joe Biden do? Like,
3: like
0: can
1: can he do one no. push-up?
0: No. Does he know what a push no up is? There, there, yeah, there we go. There's no way. There's no way. If he knows what it is, yeah. I don't, he certainly can. I don't, he can't get down on the ground. There's no way, right? No, absolutely <laughs> not. I mean, he, and that's saying something because think about what his persona was 20 years ago, right? right? I mean, it just, to see how far he's fallen, you're right, Tim. It is, it's sad. Um, but we're going to talk about it more coming up after the break. That's right? Because it's sad, but it's also very relevant yes. to what's going on uh, in 2020. We don't pick
2: on elderly or anything R- like
0: that. Yeah, I mean, it's not elderly abuse. No, not okay, it's not elder abuse. We just we got to talk about yeah. it. Uh, coming up. Next, but first we want to thank our sponsor, Rough Greens. So if you are a dog owner like me, you love your dog, you want to give them the best, perhaps you're investing in their dog food, Uh, you're giving them dry dog food. Well, just keep in mind, uh, they've actually killed everything that's alive and really good for your dog to thrive in that dry dog food to give it a very long shelf life. Um, So they're taking away all of the vitamins and nutrients, um, the enzymes, the probiotics, everything that your dog needs to live a happy, healthy, longer life. Uh, so that is where Rough Greens comes in for you. It is a dog's food supplement. You don't replace your dog food with it. You just sprinkle a powder on top of the dog's food, and it contains massive amounts of vitamins, minerals, the digestive enzymes, everything that you, that's being taken out of the food that you're giving them, it's adding it back in. It supports healthy skin and coat, improves their digestion, and they love it. My dog, I've got a pup, so I don't have to worry yet about you know the mobility and the joints and stuff like that. We don't have to worry about that yet, but she never wants to eat her food. Now she does with Rough Greens. Uh, she loves it. She eats it up, so I know that she's getting her nutrients that she needs to live that long, healthy life. Take the Rough Greens 14-Day jumpstart Challenge today. It's only $14.95, and you will see the difference in your dog in 14 days or less. If you want to see your dog thrive again, maybe you've got an older dog, and you just want to make sure that you are doing the right thing for them to make sure they can live a long, healthy life, all you got to do is go to roughgreens.com slash blaze. That is R-U-F-F greens.com. Dot com slash blaze. Getting back to uh, Joe Biden. So I guess we, I don't need to call it a conspiracy theory. There is a large uh, subset of people who think... The Democrats are going to have to they're going to have to bail on Joe Biden. They're going to have to jump ship. They're going to wait till the convention and they're going to have to nominate someone else. How that happens, I don't know. I know some people think Andrew Cuomo is kind of gearing himself up to be that big, you know, replacement, which is hilarious. He's trying because, to at least. Right. He, I mean, and the media is certainly trying to make him into a darling. Uh, but if you actually look at. At his track record, not so great, especially right now, but we don't want to get into facts and you know <laughs> muddy the waters with facts in this day and age. But uh, the DNC communications director on Fox News yesterday, I-, I feel like this was just kind of a Freudian slip. I don't know how communications director says something like this, but here is what she had to say about the convention and uh, the DNC not officially nominating Joe Biden.
3: I mean, there's a real possibility that the convention does not happen or it happens in a virtual sense. Is that correct? As well, our, today? Our
0: well, first of all, our convention has to happen because we um, are not officially nominating Joe Biden in order to take Donald Trump. So our convention is happening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I mean, That's I'd mean. love to get your thoughts on that. I heard it and was like. Oh, I don't think that's what you want your comms director to come out she and say. She's talking very quickly. What
1: did she exactly say?
0: She said, and I know it was a it was a difficult video because someone took the video of the TV. Uh, she said, we have to have the convention because the DNC is not officially nominating Joe Biden to take Donald Trump. Got it. Okay. Wow. Some people have come out in defense of it and said, well, she's just saying Joe Biden isn't nominated yet. That's certainly not how I heard it. I heard it as... We're, yeah, we're not taking this senile old loser to take on Donald Trump. Was how I perceived it. Am I am I off base?
3: I know Was a lot I, of um, the comms people at the RNC. If they said something like that about Trump, they would be missing right, right? now. Right? It would be somewhere.
0: Well, and certainly in it Canada would be on the cornfield
3: in, in Nebraska. Yes, exactly. It would be.
0: It would be on every CNN ticker. Uh, you oh, know, they would, would also have a headlines. book deal and
3: they'd be a hero. But, yeah, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs>
0: but, sir, is that, is that how you took the I comment? took it
3: absolutely as Joe Biden can't be our nominee. We need somebody else.
0: We have to have the convention. because Actually, Control, can you play it one more time um, if you could load that clip back up? Let's listen to her one more time. I, again, I know that the quality of the video is poor. But uh, to me, she's saying, yeah, no, we, we have to have the convention because we are not officially nominating Joe Biden to take Donald Trump
3: i mean there's a real possibility that the convention does not happen or it happens in a virtual sense is that correct well well,
0: first of all our convention has to happen because we um, are not officially nominating joe biden in order to take donald trump so our convention is happening well i don't know how else you take that eric
2: no I i don't know what other i've i've heard this before and i'm trying to figure out like what could she Possibly mean other than we're not sure that this is our guy, right? Because like, she, that's at least meant, we, what we have to take from it, right? Yeah, like she's like, we don't know if sure. this is our guy.
0: Because if she meant we haven't nominated him yet, she—I mean—you would hope that the communications director of all people right. would be able to communicate that. Yeah. She said that like
2: confident, like aggressively, like, yeah. "Hold on, we 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 ain't even got there yet." So it's such <laughs> a weird. Weird. I don't know. I mean, I know we can try to figure out, OK, maybe it's that's just how they do their official nomination. No, she said it like, no, nah, we don't know if that's our guy. At right. least that's how I take it.
0: OK, Josh,
2: you know, Sarah, I have never taken a
1: course or any kind of professional training in my life as far as communications. But you would like to think that the communications director of one of America's major two political parties <laughs> would be this like w- would be less terrible at her job. Right? Let's, let's call what it is. I mean, like, <laughs> like that—that's a true gaffe. And we we're talking on the last segment about Joe Biden, like how he's not just gaff prone. Like this is like who he is. I don't know who this communications director is. Maybe this is who she is too. But on a one-off like viewing that thing, that's. That's one hell of a gaffe. Maybe it's the strategy now. Everybody gaffe. If
3: Biden's doing it, it's just the Democrat it's thing. It's just a thing.
0: It's yeah. just a thing normal people do. He's middle class Joe. He's just like you. We all do gaffs. It's fine. Uh, where, I mean, where do they go, though? Who, who steps They're in? are ready
3: for Hillary. They're ready. Oh, for him. I I want, I want I've that. Had so chip, I, I I've had I a I have not been calling her him for that for yeah, like have. months. I've
0: been he calling her for, for months. He like, what about, what about Michelle Obama? There. I've been saying that for no. like a year now. No, I mean, she's t-
3: busy with that Netflix money, that sweet Netflix money. <laughs> and that's,
0: I think, the only thing that would hold them back. She'd be
1: a formidable candidate.
3: She
0: though. would. And yeah. that's why it scares me to hear them talking like this because yeah. you she, want Joe, right? If yeah, you don't absolutely. want the Joe. Remember, I just
2: talked about that was the silver lining. Yeah. give us Joe. But I think even better, though, is Hillary. Like, if I want that so bad. I've been calling for like, get. In there, like if you want to talk about a complete nuke, like that would push the button of the whole party. Um, if some, if they did that, but I, I want that so bad. Hillary, get if you're watching, get in there, get in there.
0: <laughs> well, but to go back to your point, Josh, of Michelle Obama, yeah, I yes, I think she would be a formidable opponent. But I, you look at, I mean, would she? Re- I feel like the Obamas would feel like that was a downgrade to go from you know running the White House to just being in the VP suite and. Uh, You know, and then because they were talking about doing Michelle Obama as a VP. right? She would never. But then she'd have to go back into the public sector. They've got the, like you said, they've got the Netflix money. They've got their Martha's Vineyard, uh, you know, what is it, $15 million house or whatever it is, mansion. So why do that?
1: So to be clear, if I were Michelle Obama, I probably would not run for all the reasons that you just said. I mean, like your husband was the president. You're 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 world famous. You've got the Netflix gig. Just like go live on a beach and sail the world or whatever. Um, But a lot of these people, especially the kind of people who run for office or run for presidency or who who marry someone who is the president Mm -hmm. of the United States, they operate at a very basic human DNA level on a slightly different plane than people like you and I. And, like, yeah. they have very different ambitions. They can't get out of the public spotlight. They like so, the power. Yeah, thing. they like power. Yeah. Um, now, again, I don't I don't know Michelle Obama, um, but, like, I suspect if she's marrying someone who's as, as ambitious as Barack Obama, she probably has her own ambitions, too. So it strikes me as something not crazy, and I do genuinely fear it. I think that she would be a very strong candidate. I don't know if she would be a favorite, per se, but she would be much more likely to win than Joe Biden or Hillary Clinton, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, Tim, I right. keep
3: thinking the entire 2020 race is for who takes over the DNC, and I think Bloomberg is making the play for that on the back end now. I think this is going to be a, a reset for them. It's a toss-up for Trump to just win this, and then in 2024 is when you see everybody come out, including Michelle Obama. Who knows what actors might show up? You know, Tom Hanks might take a run at Oprah it. Might Oprah might finally throw in. You just don't know what's going to happen at that point. This one, though, I think they're just going to – they're throwing it, and it's for control of the DNC.
0: Huh. All right, well, you've heard it from the table. We've got more coming up. we got to take a break. We'll be back.
1: What's scary is, y'all probably me if, if I'm wrong here, I, but my impression has always been that Michelle is y'all to Brock's left. i thought thought yeah. All
0: right, Facebook uh, is launching a competition to help the social media giant erase hateful memes. I'm going to put that in quotes hateful memes from its website, and it's offering $100,000 in prizes. I just think it's so weird that they're calling this pr- the prize money uh, in a competition for the programs that can accomplish the task. Now, uh, the Facebook AI team defines hate speech. This is important. The definition of hate speech is important in this. Defines hate speech as a direct or indirect attack on people based on characteristics including ethnicity, race, nationality, immigration status, religion, sex, gender identity, sexual orientation and disability or disease we define attack as violent or dehumanizing uh, speech statements of inferiority and calls for exclusion or segregation mocking hate crime is also considered hate speech um and uh they are they're launching this this contest this competition for people to help win money and take down hateful memes eric
2: Oh, man, this, like, the <laughs> snitching thing, like, mm-hmm. people are getting paid. to a whole new like, extreme. Like, man, like, this is, I would have never envisioned that. Like there's
0: already a r- report button. Yeah,
2: like, right? this like, if is, you don't like
0: yeah, something, right. can't you just hit report and yeah. just be done with yeah,
2: it? Yeah, but, I mean, this is, and. I know that sounds direct but it's not it's not. I, it, it's not direct it's just a bunch of just okay we can interpret it however we want and if we don't like it we'll take it down That's, what that's what it is. yeah that's and, exactly what And
0: it. I think I think the 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 biggest one that I think leaves room for that is statements of inferiority. Yeah yeah right sure. like that's not hate speech, and that could qualify for so many different things. I remember I did, now this is Instagram, but it's the same larger entity as Facebook. I did a video on uh, I believe that allowing drag kids is child abuse. Mm -hmm. I believe it to be child abuse. I'm not saying it to be rude. I'm not saying it to be ugly. I believe that it is child abuse, and I did a video on it, and Instagram removed it because it violated its terms of hate speech because I was degrading degrading someone else. And I'm like how do you how do you have an opinion on anything true. in the world if that's what you count as a statement of inferiority or Degrading someone.
3: We're all done on Facebook. That's it. I mean, that's, this is yeah. the end of it. And like, I was just going to clarify under those rules, if you call Michelle Obama a man, you can't. You'd be kicked off of the.
0: Probably. That would
3: be like Probably. basically meme, every one of the every. There's, if you do if there's it in a, a meme. Problem. I've seen that meme. I've seen that meme so much yeah. on, on the. I've never done it. Obviously, exactly. I don't think that. But like, I just think to myself, you combo that with her running for president, or if she ever like jumped in the race, and like a third of all conservatives are done on yeah. on all social platforms. Right. Well,
0: now. I mean, certainly, you know, you obviously leave open room for Facebook to be subjective in it, because even now, I certainly don't see them taking down anything that's considered hate speech against Donald Trump or his supporters. Uh, not so he's when white. you look at the it's other fine. side. It's not, Actually, it's not he's not for, orange, it's, I'm told. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so just for the record. Uh, but I mean, really, I certainly even if this were the case, uh, they're not going to enforce it objectively. Yeah,
1: I mean, there's some words in there. You flagged one, inferiority. Yeah. The uh, dehumanizing is, is another word that comes to mind. Right. Um, I mean, like, what could possibly go wrong, right? <laughs> I mean, um, you know, I mean, I write frequently about one topic that I'm very passionate about. Obviously, is the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. The rhetoric that comes from the from the pro-Palestinian side is here there and everywhere nothing if not dehumanizing and and just like uh, grossly vitriolic so i i guess we'll see if facebook's going to put their money where their mouth is but i'm i'm just trying to figure out what's going on at facebook more generally because they recently announced was it it's, it's like a 20 person oversight board i think and one of like one of like the five founding members of what's going to be i think a 20 person oversight board was uh Mike Mike McConnell who was a federal judge very conservative guy actually um he was a he, he was a front runner for a Supreme Court seat under Bush 43 didn't get it has been a constitutional law professor at Stanford Law School for pe- a decade or so now um, i tweeted out something favorable at facebook actually when i saw that i was like this is great i mean mike mcconnell's a genuinely conservative guy but This, I don't know. I don't really know how to balance these factors here. So it's kind of hard for me to figure out what's going on in Mark Zuckerberg's head.
0: Yeah, I had something happen on Facebook. uh, I guess it was about a month ago. Someone, a viewer brought to my attention that there was someone who was using like all of my pictures on a personal profile and asking for money. Um, she, you know, this sad situation and had a me and was asking for money. And they were all of my pictures. It
3: was a slow month, Sarah. I'm sorry. I <laughs> didn't mean to do that.
0: Well, and so I, I brought it to, you know, I posted it on my public page. I said, can you help me take this down? Because I don't want people donating money to someone thinking that like, she's using my likeness or he. I don't know. Uh, Shim. I don't know. And uh, Facebook almost every every time someone would send it to me and Facebook every time said we haven't found that they violated our standards, even though in their community standards, it very clearly says you're not allowed to use other people's pictures. So uh, I don't know if it was because I was conservative and they saw that. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see what they do for people on the other side of the fence all I know is that apparently they didn't violate the standards when it came to using my picture. That's what you get for being a known entity.
3: That's the uh, they, they probably that's know who you pay. are and they're like, oh, whatever. It's fine. I mean, when you take a look at who gets banned from social media platforms, other than the Krasenstein weirdos.
0: Yeah, that's like, true.
3: What, what liberals have been banned mm, from yeah. platforms? That's why, actually, I have a deal with them, but I, I work at parlor. I I, I'm on, I do a little show over there, and they don't edit or censor anyone yes. or pull anybody off their platform. So yeah, one of our sponsors recommend- as well.
0: Par- yeah, par- they're great.
3: So you should go over to Parlor and do that.
0: Uh, Fine, but t- what's your What's your... What's Tim your runs user? his mouth. It's there Tim runs his mouth. Tim they do a show mouth. there
3: every Wednesday. It's called That Was a Week. Forget about that, though. But I go back to my point. Other than those Kresenstein weirdos, they might be married. They might be married to women themselves. I don't know what it is. They're very odd. Uh, no other... Progressive that I know, mainstream, has been bizarre. banned from Twitter or Facebook. It's
0: bizarre, and they say the nastiest things. I take screenshots <laughs> of all of them. No, trust it's trust. awful. Trust wasn't,
1: trust. wasn't there one like feminist, like professor who was banned for like dead naming a transgender person? This is like a story like within the past year. I can't remember. Oh, what I
0: mean. there may sound have sound? been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I do so remember three, someone being. There were three three, three people, <laughs> three whole people in the universe who have been banned who are progressive. All right, we got to take a break. We'll be back. Yeah. Well, you know, dead naming is a really big sin. So, I mean, you just got to be careful these days, Josh. That's what you get, Steve. All right, yesterday's poll, who has the most to hide? Uh, Obama won this one. Barack Obama won this one. That's surprising to me. I did not see this coming. 55% of you said Barack Obama, followed by 35%. Who said Hillary? Uh, 4.9% Trump and 4.8%. Biden, you think... OK, this had to have gotten in the hands, this very scientific poll had to have gotten in the hands of the left, because I don't know how you think that Biden has less to hide than President Trump. Are you kidding? Uh, th- there's no way. Biden is like one of the most corrupt politicians ever. You crazy people. All right. Today's poll. How many times have you broken quarantine since the ben- pandemic started? <laughs> I don't know. We can't admit to this on air, can we? It's like self-incriminating. I've been on the road for two months. Okay. Well, Tim's just going just gonna to <laughs> incriminate himself then. Uh, it gives you these options. If you want to go to Twitter and take the poll, it's one to two times, eight to 10 times, more than 20 or what quarantine? Let us know what you think. Uh, I don't think we have to answer that question because we're open here in Texas.
1: We are. I mean, I have now eaten out at multiple restaurants. I, I went to a rooftop bar. I got a haircut. I'm, I'm, Check you know, you yeah. I'm, <laughs> There's
0: a rooftop bar open. I mean, I can't drink, but I'd like the scene. I, I'm, I'm living my life. Wow. I mean, you
1: know, yeah. Within reason, obviously, but I'm living my life.
0: And, and you've enjoyed being in Texas, right?
3: I've gone out drinking every night to the point that I'm bloated and I hate seeing myself on camera.
0: God bless Texas, Eric. You don't yes.
2: have to answer. Oh well, I mean. I've- Um, Of course.
0: Eric, the libertarian (laughs) over here, obeyed all the rules. I'm sure of 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 it. I'm totally sure of it. All right, let us know what you think at the Blaze's Twitter. We'll see you next week.